Um, I can't think of a particular moment, but the situation shows up in my head, and that is when I'm with my friends where I feel completely comfortable, and I know that I can throw all of myself on the table, and I will be loved either way. That is, that is the moment where I know everything is right, safe completely safe. Hey guys, welcome back to the Right Feeling Podcast. Today, we're talking about passion. How do you discover what you're passionate about and then pursue it? I explored these questions with a very passionate and interesting guy, Charles. Charles and I actually met through work, and he has worked with NGOs the last 10 years. For example, Oxfam, WWF, Fair Trade, and now he's part of an initiative that's changing the Belgian chocolate industry, partnering with different companies and organizations to achieve a living income for cocoa farmers, who on average make less than a dollar a day while ending deforestation linked to cocoa production. Yeah, pretty passionate. But I'll let Charles get into it himself. All right, Charles. All right. Welcome to the podcast. If you can maybe give some context to the audience and maybe just tell them a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, My name is Charles. I'm from Belgium, probably from Brussels. I've been working for my whole life in the nonprofit sector. That has been something that has driven me in in the last 10 years now, actually. Mm -hmm. Really important for me in my life as well is keep on learning. I like new things. Uh, new cultures, new people, new stories. And so th- this is something that I'm I'm always looking for. Also next to that, I'm someone that needs to move around a lot. I have too much energy to sit behind a computer the whole day, still mm-hmm. doing it. So that means that I have outbursts after work. Uh, so doing a lot of sports and enjoying to spend a lot of time with my dog that has a bit of the same character as me, actually, and, and also needs to, to move around a lot. <laughs> Well, Charles, today I wanted to invite you onto the podcast because I think you are also a very passionate person. I actually really wanted to talk about passion and what it means to find your passion and pursue your passion. Mm -hmm. Because I think that a lot of people often don't know what they're passionate about. I've had conversations with friends that ask, well, how did you discover what you were passionate about? You know, and I think that's actually a very interesting question because I just thought that inherently people were passionate, but that's actually not the case. (laughs) Like a lot of people struggle with finding a career passion, but passion takes forms in different parts of your life as well, right? Of course, I'm indeed passionate. And so to me, what I notice in my life actually is that I've always wanted to be part of something, something dynamic getting the feeling or creating the feeling that I'm participating in in something good. And I'll leave the definition of good completely open. 
because also that is something very personal. Mm. It's very human. Eh? There's nothing special about that, but it's been an urge the whole time. And I think this is really also linked to this overload of energy sometimes. I always need to discover new things. Honestly, I get bored really quickly. <laughs> when I feel a status quo, that's where boredom kicks in, actually. And so I need to be able to push limits. I always needed to be able to, to go one step further. And I think that also translates in everything I do. One example in sports is really boxing. I discovered that a couple of years ago. Having been doing sports my whole life, I never had really a sport that pushes my physical limits that far. To just share the story, I think it was the second boxing class and I threw up after 15 minutes, you know, after warm-up. <laughs> you know, and, and I was like, what what is this? I never had this feeling and so I, I threw up and then I came back with a big smile. Let's, let's go, let's do this again, you know. And here, what I liked about it is the keep on biting, it's rough, you're gonna feel pain, you're gonna feel uncomfortable, but the feeling right after that actually is dope. <laughs> so then, Charles, at what point did you actually discover your passions in other aspects of your life? Um, I would say coincidence, actually. For boxing, definitely. Well, pff, now I know that as a little boy, you always watch movies and that's how society gives you these signals, right? As a little boy, it's pretty cool to do some fighting sports, but I was never allowed to from my parents, <laughs> you know, when I got 18 and the right to, to make all of my own decisions. Mm -hmm. It was not top of my list. Uh, and then it came across me because a good friend actually that I also met through work realized one of his dreams, which was opening a boxing club. Uh, in Brussels and so he said come on we've got a great coach join us and try this thing and and I tried it one time I must say I had a really good connection with the coach as well that helps and <laughs> yeah definitely but I would say it's not only it helps uh, to me it is probably where where I find that thing you know it's in a personal relation not so much in a in in one or another sport or thematic uh, it's more in a personal relation and here i had a really good connection with this guy that made me throw up <laughs> now we're three or four years later and and i i can call him a friend now as well so well when you throw up together at some point you know. <laughs> <laughs> i think on the point of coincidence i realized that as well mm -hmm. for me it was just changing different aspects about my life it was because i just went with something or i took an opportunity when you find yourself in a different environment it gives you the opportunity yeah. to explore different feelings or things that interest you. And I think it really has to do with your relationships. Like a lot of my friendships have also guided me to different places in my life or different interests because it's often very much about the personal relationship, I think. I would strongly agree with that, actually. Uh, no, really. And here, when I, when I think about it, it's... Uh, and the opposite is true as well. Eh? When you when you don't feel right in a certain group of people or network or environment, I tend to move out quickly. I say I'm bored, uh, but also I'm uncomfortable, honestly. Mm. And so I think this is probably an interesting question if you're looking for something. Actually, I use that in you know in in managing people at work as well. Uh, just asking the question. What amongst all the things you do gives you energy and what are the things that are draining your energy? Because it's a, it's a relatively simple question and actually if you manage to list the things that you do also in your private life and or the people that you see, 
and you just tick the box which one gives you energy and which one drains energy and try stripping it and keeping only the ones that give you energy because to me honestly life is too short these are the ones that you should be spending time with and investing time in the ones that give you energy right um and so honestly well obviously it's impossible to shift to 100% right also in your professional life you have to you have to accept that there's some things that just need to be done right and that that indeed drain energy but try to look at that mix and and shift as much as you can to the ones that give you energy works with personal relationships as well yeah i think though oftentimes people have a hard time doing that you know like i i have a few friends that they really hate their job they don't want to be there and sometimes you know they're burnt out or they can't bring themselves to to quit and i think oftentimes it also comes with maybe the feeling of giving up a comfortable lifestyle or maybe what you know mm-hmm. there is comfort in and security in experiencing what you know but i think that finding your passion comes from experiencing discomfort at first you know just being out of your comfort zone in the long term though it really is about looking at what gives you energy because of course the first time you try something it's going to, well there's an energy there as well but it's it's going to feel uncomfortable at first but i think what's telling is the long term feeling that it that it gives you whatever it is the relationship or your job or interests oh and i, I would also look at the moments you know if you if you translate that to a task or a friendship i would look at the level of energy right after doing that task or right after seeing the person not during the thing because indeed doing something mostly brings you out of your comfort zone um and so this is i think it relates strongly to what i said before you know with with the boxing thing where you have to you know accept that it's uncomfortable and just keep on biting and hang on and then i i think i said because the feeling right after that is the one that i'm that i'm aiming for for example um doing the dishes when you have a, an incredible amount of dishes right <laughs> doing the dishes is probably not the most exciting thing but the feeling right after that that's the, that's the one that you want to get for it's clean <laughs> <laughs> exactly so that's the one you're doing it for so look at maybe looking at the energy right after and not during yeah but i do think that there's this weird balance i think with finding your passion because on one hand a lot of it is coincidence right it's like maybe 80% coincidence and going with the flow of things but then i do think there has to be some kind of switch at some point you yourself actually make that decision you make the choice like this is what gives me energy this is what i actually like and enjoy doing and i i want to be around this more right so it it makes me think also you know i studied dentistry no way <laughs> really yeah <laughs> i did that's a big shift i did <laughs> from what you're no. doing now and i think the reason i'm saying that is um mm-hmm. because at one point i think you know around 17 18 years old you, you know you're you're by definition in a period that you're looking around and and don't really know what direction you want to go to and and i was like i don't know where it came from but since a relatively young age fascinated by dentistry i don't know why I still can't explain that but the <laughs> thing is that it got reinforced in my family because everyone was talking about that and so i felt obliged <laughs> and graduated <laughs> to go and study dentistry at university and and i started doing that and pretty quickly i understood that this was really not my type of thing <laughs> <laughs> 
so, but I beat through. You know, I kept on studying and I beat through and I, I finished that year. I didn't really succeed, um, but I, I went to class, etc. And that was really draining a lot of energy. Um, but then I was again in a situation where I was looking around. So what am I going to do? Um, because I had, I felt pretty comfortable with this idea, you know, a long-term goal. I'm going to be a dentist, and then your path is clear and it's comfortable. And yeah. and and you know that was something that was created around me. And suddenly I was like, yeah, but this is not at all something that makes me happy. So why why would I do it? But so now, what is then this long path that I want to walk? That got frustrating because I never found it. Still haven't. Uh, the difference is I'm not looking for it anymore. And so this is what I wanted to say. Maybe it's also good to focus on short-term goals and not long-term goals. Long-term goals are really difficult to find. And I know some people, it's inspiring when you see people that have this clear path. I think it's exceptional. And I'm not striving for that, actually, at all. Uh, I don't want that even. It doesn't fit me. So I would say short-term goals. And so that's why I started also studying political and social sciences. Because reading about that, reading about these theories, about political philosophy and how systems work, etc., that was the thing that I'm, I was happy to invest time in. I didn't know at all what I would do with a, you know, with a diploma in political and social sciences. What do you do with that, right? <laughs> well, what are you doing now with it? <laughs> yeah, but that's also maybe coincidence, you know. I met a guy at some point when I was studying and I needed to have a job to be able to pay for my studies. And that person was actually fundraising on the street for Oxfam. And I was like, yeah. I like talking and people think I'm pretty convincing and yeah, I've been studying a bit about these topics. So yeah, probably I can do the job. And so I tried to do that job and that's how I started fundraising. <laughs> and, and so the thing is I did that for Oxfam, but I realized pretty quickly that actually I was, you know, having good chats with people on the street and, you know, and they were happy and they felt that they learned something after talking with me, which I found pretty cool because I was young, but <laughs> But I had good chats, but that was about it. Um, mm. and so that's why I decided, yeah, let's try something where I'm less comfortable. And so I changed. Actually, I, I decided to start doing the same job, but for another NGO, WWF, because I felt I was less comfortable with the whole biodiversity story. That's how I started. And I was, I was happy with it at the time. I got less happy mm. over time and then managed to, you know, switch and move inside of the organization. And in, and here's where I am now, I think. Uh, but like you said before, indeed, at some point, I needed to make a decision, you know, and say, this, this is it for me now. I don't find any more passion in here. And so I need to start looking for something else. Mm. I never thought about passion this way, actually. It's interesting because whenever people talk about passion, it's always about, you know, life passion, or you think that this is what people are going to be passionate about for the rest of their life. But now that I'm older, I don't think that's the case. Maybe five years from now or maybe next year, maybe I'll be doing something completely different. You know, mm -hmm. I never imagined that I would be here where I am doing what I'm doing. I mean, okay, that's not true. I did want to study science communication and start my own science communication agency. And I have achieved that. But now I'm also at a weird point where I'm thinking, okay, I achieved my goal. <laughs> now what? Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? But that's, that's actually never true. You will never do something for the rest of your life. I think that's a very old way of thinking, actually. And 
a life passion is, it's very, I think that's even more rare than having a passion because I'm not really sure if I've really met anybody that has a life passion. Although there is like David Attenborough, you know, Jane Goodall. <laughs> um, and I think that's amazing. But I think realistically speaking, for maybe most people, that's maybe not the case. Yeah, probably. I wonder. I remember it, it, it brings back a discussion I had with my little brother about life. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were discussing that maybe it's just like a, a gigantic table with a lot of food on it and a lot <laughs> of variety. And then you look at people's behavior. And indeed, you know, you will have the people that take that take chicken and fries. <laughs> and when they're hungry, they'll take chicken and fries again. <laughs> and that's okay, you know, if they like yeah. it, if they like it that way and, and they have that single focus. I, I see people like that. And honestly, it's again, you take David Attenborough or Jane Goodall, it's inspiring, right? Mm -hmm. But it's chicken and fries and not much more. <laughs> and so I know that, I know that to me, To me, that would not be sufficient. I'm attracted by the things I don't know that are laying on the table, you know, and that's what I want to put on my plate. And I accept the risk that probably I will be eating things that I don't really like, <laughs> <laughs> but at least I'll know about it. And, and so that's how I take things, you know, taking little pieces of different things. And indeed, I'd probably take a good portion of fries as well, right? Because we know that... Uh, fries are good, but but <laughs> I I'd like to taste many other things as well, and so it's a different approach to a buffet, basically. <laughs> Although I do think what you just said now, there was a word that you used that I was focused in on, which was knowing risk, mm -hmm. and I think that finding passion is also about accepting risk. Yeah, because again, it comes back to change, you know, and there's always going to be risk if you switch, you know, your career. Yeah, sometimes maybe you'll realize that it's not as great as I thought it was, but there's always going to be another decision that you can take, another path that you can take that maybe you wouldn't feel that way about. Yeah, definitely. I would say that in that sense, probably success and failure are interlinked. And I, I will definitely not say that, that it has been easy along the way. You know, there's been moments that was... Uh, much less fun and I remember some friends uh, I was living with that also told me you're much less fun for the moment so maybe you should do something oh. else <laughs> well I mean that's a good point right I think oftentimes your friends see something about you that maybe you know you're just in your head and you don't realize that okay you're just not happy with your life right and I think that doing things that you're unhappy with or things that don't give you this kind of good energy It, it does drain you and then you're just a different person, you know, you become hard and cynical and you're just a party pooper <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, yeah, and I'm good at it, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Charles, you know, at the very beginning, we weren't already recording, but you were saying that you've had a pretty long month and then I've also had a pretty long month. I think to be realistic, to let people know, when you are living out your passion, It can also be draining, right? I'm not saying that it'll always be energizing. But yeah, I think that might be an important point to elaborate on because I think mm -hmm. that there might be some misconceptions around when you're doing something you're passionate about, you're just always enjoying what you, what you do. No, no, it's true. Maybe in a quote, I'm not passionate every day, you know. <laughs> so, If you were passionate every day, I think people would burn out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's already sometimes really difficult for people living around me, so. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, 
Uh, looking at the at agendas and activities, I notice that you know it's not always as full, of course. Um, mm. But I notice, and and I'm also very clear to my employer. I know that I'm most happy when I do too much things. <laughs> and so you know, I, I I told you before also, I always did a lot of voluntary work. Uh, mm-hmm. On top of that, and so I, I remember, you know, when I started working, actually, I had two jobs and volunteering work. So I was working from nine to five, and then I was working as a sports journalist in the evening, one or two times a week, and then, and on top of that, I was teaching French to illegal immigrants in Brussels. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty fun time, but I've always been, you know, doing a lot of different things and filling up my agenda, uh, and I know that. When I look back, the the periods in my life where I'm not doing that are also the periods that are associated with less happy moments. And so, of course, there's moments with overload, such as indeed, uh, I think the last two weeks were a bit, let's say that the the pace was really high. And also, you know, in in this period of of humanity, uh, we're all Zoomified, right? And so um, Mm. it's too much in my head sometimes. And again, sitting in front of the computer for for many hours is is not made to make me happy. Um, But yeah, I think that's that's also what I wanted to say. Yeah, passionate. Yeah, I, I think most people would define me as passionate, but that doesn't mean that I'm passionate at every moment of the day. Um, and that doesn't mean that that this goes on for long periods without interruption. No, there's frustration in there as well. There's uh, energy drains, tiredness, of course, there is all of that. But the thing is, that's probably biting through. I don't want to let that get to me. Um, I don't want to let that drain of energy stop me. And that's where I'm looking to the things that give me energy. When I get energy out of things, I put more into it. And so that's where, when it was still allowed to me, having a rough week at work, you know, working really hard, long hours and and doing things that you don't like sometimes, but you know that that are necessary. I needed to have my boxing class on Saturday morning at nine. I need that. (laughs) I need that because it, it kicks me out of bed. Uh, early because I need to go walk the dog first and prepare for boxing etc and when I arrive at the club honestly I'm I'm always complaining (laughs) (laughs) and and then I start jumping rope and the first rounds are like yeah (laughs) but why am I here (laughs) yeah but at the end of the hour that has given me energy and that helps me to get back up and so that's Mm. that's where I need the, the good mix of activities yeah I think that's also just exercising in general. People are always Probably. like, mm. <laughs> like the first mile that I run, I'm always like, okay, maybe <laughs> I should just turn back now. <laughs> exactly. But by true, and I think it's it's easy to compare that with sports, but it's valid for many things in life, I think. Yeah. But I do think that the whole aspect of discerning what to bite through versus what to, to quit. I do think, well, for example, when I was in Brussels, the work that I was doing, it was interesting, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. You know, I wasn't where I wanted to be, but I know that I had to stick it out for however long to get me to where I wanted to be. And I mean, luckily I did, right? Because otherwise I wouldn't be here where I am now doing what I'm doing, working on the projects that I'm working on. There is kind of a sacrifice that you make for a period of time if you know the general direction and where you're going. But 
I know that people do feel dispassionate. They just don't really have much direction and energy in life. So I don't know at what point, like how to discern what it is that, you know, sticking it out versus you're just in a space that you really should no longer put yourself through. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's a, it's a valid but indeed difficult question. And I, I'm, I will certainly not pretend that I have an answer to that. I, I understand it's, it's difficult to make that choice and you, you don't know. That's probably coming back to the risk uh, before, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, the question is also probably here, is it worth taking the risk of sticking out or not? Uh, and I think that also relates to being able to to evaluate where you can have an impact and what is out of your scope or reach. In the different things I do, at some point, I feel I've reached everything I could get out of it, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I made my contribution. And so what I'm looking at is, can I have an impact or not? Uh, and if you translate that to, uh, you know, for example, working in an organization, think about, again, what is within your scope? What can you change and what can, can you not change? So if you're not happy, for example, about higher decisions that are taken higher up, if it's far away from you in the hierarchy, you can disagree and you can be frustrated and etc. And mm -hmm. it probably trickles down to your work as well. Um, but the thing is, can you do something about it or not? And to me, that's a question that, that is re really relevant. If I cannot do something about it, it is still frustrating, but I just put it aside. You know, I don't let that frustration grow because I know I cannot do anything about it. And if it's too big, then I'm out, you know, <laughs> then the situation just creates uh, a context of discomfort. And so that makes it that makes it impossible. And if it if that frustration is manageable, I just put it aside and I don't feed it anymore uh, because I, this is something that's out of reach. And so I think that's an, an important question to, to ask as well. Um, can you do something about that situation or not? And if you cannot, then you need to ask yourself, is that a, a type and a level of frustration that is manageable that I can put aside knowing that it will then not grow or not become smaller, but can I just put it aside and live with it? And if that's not the case, then probably, um, yeah, probably it's a good idea to try another dish on the table. The long table. <laughs> it's a long table. It's a very long table. <laughs> <laughs> but just just pick a dish and, and if you don't like it, that's okay. There's many more coming. And if you saw one pass by that you really wanted to try and you missed it, that's also okay. You'll have many other opportunities Maybe coming. Maybe it'll come back around, you know, like those sushi bars that have the revolving. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> yeah and I guess maybe just wrapping up now Charles we've been talking about passion and we've alluded to the fact that like passion has made our life more fulfilling but is that really the case do you feel very happy with your life and where you're at and what you're doing <laughs> uh, that's or is that always too big a, of a question <laughs> no, it's a tricky question uh, and I don't believe it's a yes or no uh, question also. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, there are aspects of your life that maybe you feel that could be more fulfilled, <laughs> you know, or more um, balanced, you can say. But I think overall, what is your general sense? Overall, uh, no, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Definitely. Um, the thing is, of course, and this comes comes a bit back to what I said before. I need I need movement, energy, and dynamism. That's the thing I'm striving for. And and again, I, it doesn't have to be uh, to be really big or uh, or or really long term. No, it it needs to be to be here and now. I need movement around me. I I I don't want to. Have, get a feeling of status quo like you yeah, all right honestly if i put the boxes on paper i think i tick some boxes right i have a job that i like a situation that i'm happy with i have um it's a pandemic and and the boxing clubs are closed but i can go outside and it's it's green out here and and there's not too many people so i can still have an experience of freedom um and so that there's a lot of things that i Definitely, I, I need to be happy about. But next to that, I also know that all of these things without movement would not be sufficient. And so probably it's the movement that is on top of the list. Uh, and as long as, as there's that, and again, I doesn't have to be, be, doesn't have to be long term. These can be really simple short term goals and just learning to be, to be happy about that and to be also happy about yourself when you achieve these short term goals. You know, and, and so again, I would I would say as long as there's movement, I'm I'm happy. And in general, when I look back at, at the, the last 35 years, there's been a lot of movement in my life, <laughs> and I don't know where I'm going. To be clear, again, I really don't know, and and that's okay. Uh, I just hope that there's still movement ahead. Like you don't necessarily have to be moving towards anything, but just the fact that you're moving. People that pretend that, that there's one goal to achieve and that movement should direct it, they don't know. <laughs> I don't believe in that. Uh, I believe <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And so if you believe you don't know, any direction can be good. Or there is good in, in every direction. Let's state it like that. All right. Well, Charles, then, is there a right feeling in all of this? I think actually earlier you mentioned what feels right. And I wanted to expand on that, but usually I like to save it till the end. Um, but what is the right feeling for you, you think? Uh, the right feeling for me um, is that feeling right after achieving your short-term goal. And so to me, achieving that feeling after doing the dishes later on today uh, <laughs> will be the right feeling for today. Yeah. <laughs> as it's Saturday and my ambitions are not too high about that so I'll be happy with these <laughs> I'll be very happy with these little things first uh, and if I can capture that right feeling um, I can you know learn more about it learn more about what it is and and try to find it in other things as well in the coming weeks and months and years <laughs> well thank you very much Charles for coming on to the podcast is there anywhere people can find you online you can find me online. Uh, if you type my name, you'll find my LinkedIn page. So I think that's, that's, where you can, uh, that's where you can definitely reach out. Yeah. All right. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't found your passion yet, you've still got time. And if you're unhappy with where you are, remember that you can also change that. And last if, if you liked this episode or know a friend that needs to hear it, definitely pass it on. 
You can always direct message me on Instagram at the right feeling underscore or email me at jane, that's J-A-N-E, at the right feeling.org. I hope you're all enjoying the warmer spring weather. Well, almost. And I can't wait to feel the feels with you in the next episode.